Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Today I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. Do you have a master key? Do you have a master key? Jesus said repeatedly that he was the door. But do you have the key? Do you have the key to get behind what you think Jesus is and discover how great or how much greater he really is? Now, most of you today have some keys. You have a purse that has keys in it. Men, you may have put your keys in your pocket. Keys are absolutely necessary in our society. Probably more so now than ever. With all of the break-ins and thieves and robbers and problems that we have in our society, we lock most exterior doors. We lock the doors on our house. We lock the doors on our car. We lock the service door on our garage. A lot of people, when they leave their office at work, they lock their door. They don't want anybody in there that doesn't belong in there. And in order for you to get in, you would only receive passage if you had a key. Now, I have some keys on this chain here. And there are several keys that are cut from the same brand. If you looked at this key... And the others that are on it, there are three of them that look identical. But these, all three of these keys are very, very different. There is nothing more frustrating than walking up to a door that you believe you have the key to, sticking it in and not having it work. And being locked out of what you wanted to do or what you anticipated was next in your life. So just because a key looks like it is the proper key does not mean that it is the proper key. I drive a Ford Fusion. On the key it says Ford. Some of you might drive Fords, Chevrolets, Buicks. I better be careful. I'm trying not to offend anyone. I know you get all uptight about Ford versus Chevy and all that, but... But the, but the point of it is, is just because the key says Ford on it, it'll only start one car in that parking lot. And if you stick your Ford key into my Ford Fusion, it will not work, even though it looks like it should. Want to know why? Because it is not cut properly. It is not notched the way that it needs to be notched to operate my automobile. Now you say, man, what are you talking to eight-year-olds? No, I'm going to make a spiritual point here. There are lots of religions. And you can get awfully confused because people can look like Christians, talk like Christians, but they're not really Christians at all. There's no fruit of the Spirit. There's no spiritual reproduction in their lives. 
But they look good. And they look and they talk good. But they are not notched to open the one door. One door. Now, let me give you an example of what I'm saying. John chapter 14 and verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now, I have seen, there's a difference between a house and a mansion. Have you ever seen a mansion that didn't have gates? I haven't. I mean, if they can afford a mansion, they can afford security. And so they build these big gates. Well, you can't even get on the property without the proper key. Is anybody going to preach with me today? I'm going to heaven. How do you know? Have you got a key? Do you know that the key will work when you get to the gate? I believe that I'm going to have a mansion, but if I don't have a key, I'm locked out of my own house. I can't get past the gate. I can't get past security. You need to have a proper key. Let me share with you an example. Noah. How many of you believe Noah was saved from a flood? He could have just said, well, God, I believe in you. I believe you'll take care of me. That's my salvation. But the Lord spoke to Noah, and he talked about the wickedness of the world, and he said, Noah, I got two things I want you to do. I want you to preach repentance, and I want you to build a boat, and I'll give you the blueprint plan. His key had only two notches on it. It was an Old Testament key, kind of like a skeleton key, if you will, from an old big lock, but it only had two notches. All he had to do was preach repentance and build a boat. He had no idea, God never told him, it's only gonna take you a few years. He never told him how long it would take. He never told him if he'd have any help And in the end, it took him 120 years to build one boat with no converts. The only help he ever received was from his own family. But he had the key to that door. And when the time came and the Lord spoke to him to get in the ark, he had the key to get in the ark. And notice this in Genesis 7 and 16. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh as God had commanded him and the Lord shut him in. The day finally came and God said, that's it. You in, shut the door. Consider this, Revelations chapter 3 And verse seven, 
The angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David. The one that openeth and no man shutteth and shutteth and no man openeth. You see, when God shuts a door, that's it. You can plead, you can beg, you can make excuses, you can make comparisons, but if God shuts that door, it will remain shut. I only imagine that when the door was shut and the rain started coming down and people were drowning, how they tried to beat on that door. But God had shut it and it was shut. The the Bible says, I set before you an open door that no man can shut. The door is currently open. Our opportunity is there. Our opportunity is there. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 15. Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He had a revelation that this was God with a body. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this revelation, this rock of revelation, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys. Notice he said, I will give. He did not say, I do give. I will give. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, And whatsoever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you realize how powerful a statement this is? And what he is promising to Peter? I'm going to step out on a limb here. Do you know there's only one guy that initially has a right to use the keys? And it's Peter. And whatever Peter says about getting into the kingdom of heaven is the only key that will get you into the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't have that key and you can't use that key, you are shut out. You can't go to heaven. Is that what he said or not? Whatsoever you loose on earth is gonna be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Do you know if we don't use Peter's message We're shut out. We're excluded. We don't have a master key. I'm making you think today. Revelation 1 and 18, Jesus said, now after his ascension, he said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. The reason he couldn't give the keys to Peter when he initially said it was he didn't have them in his possession. But when he gave his life, when his blood was shed, he purchased the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he said, here you go, Peter. Here's what I promised you. 
I promised you an outpouring of my spirit. I promised you I'd never leave you nor forsake you. I said that you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And on the day of Pentecost when he was filled with the Holy Ghost and people were convicted of their sin in Acts chapter two and said, men and brethren, well, what are we gonna do if we've crucified the Lord of glory? Peter stood up and said, I, I got the keys. You feel shut out. You feel like you're locked out. But I got the keys. Jesus gave me the keys. First he promised, then he fulfilled his promise, and now I'm gonna use the keys. Here's the keys. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, I'm promising you, these keys are gonna work for the promise is unto you. It's not just, oh, you know, it's 33 AD, you know, people speak in tongues in 33 AD, but they don't speak in tongues anymore. Oh, wait a minute. Peter solved that one in verse 39. The promise is unto you and unto your children, to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. These keys will continue to work forever. Forever, they won't stop. God's not gonna change the lock. I said, God's not gonna change the lock. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word won't pass away. These keys work. Aren't you glad that you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? just like they did on the day of Pentecost? Aren't you thankful for being able to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins? Aren't you glad for the fact that the goodness of God led you to repentance? I am so thankful for these keys. When you leave today, by the way, right outside that door on your right-hand side, There'll be a big white sign that was probably put up about 35 years ago. Keys to the kingdom. You probably don't even notice it anymore. You've walked by it so many times. But these keys work. Look at Revelations 20 and 1. The angel of the Lord came down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. I've been waiting for that verse. Shut him up. It does not say shut up, it says shut him up. So don't go around telling people to shut up. Shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled and after that he must be loosed a little season. Do you know that according to this verse of scripture, Satan doesn't even have the keys to his own house. Doesn't even have the keys to his own house. Now that's embarrassing. 
matter of fact, he is put permanently in his house one day and locked in for eternity. And you need the keys to your own house. Now, I want you to know that it's very important that you get this part of the message as well. God is not interested in a religion. But he is interested in a relationship. Let me read a passage to you for your consideration. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20. Whereby by their fruits shall you know them. You just heard that from a preacher last week. Verse 21 says, Now not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Wait, hold the phone right there. Let me stop right there. I'm not trying to be mean, but I think there needs to be a clear voice from our pulpits. Not trying to be mean. But some people would have you to say that verse of scripture shouldn't be in the Bible. Because if I come and accept Jesus as my personal savior, if I say I believe in God, I'm going to heaven. But Jesus said, oh, wait a minute. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, Savior, is going to enter in. Why not? No keys. No obedience. There are going to be some people that are surprised. I, I, thought, I thought I had a key to heaven. The, the preacher told me that if I, if I did this, or if I repeated this, that that was my key. Some people believe that they're going to go to heaven because they're trying to be good people and they try to go to church as frequently as they can. Those keys do not exist. I'm not saying you shouldn't try and be a good person, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to church. But if you're not careful, that just becomes a religion and you've earned your salvation when you need a master key in its place. You need a relationship. If you read the rest of this, look here what they say. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, we prophesied. We've cast out devils. We've We've done many wonderful works. We were involved in lots of things. We sent, I'm not saying we shouldn't send help to Texas for the terrible things that are going on down there with with Hurricane Harvey. I'm not saying that. But that's not my salvation. That's a byproduct of my salvation. That's not earning me a trip to heaven. That's just something I do because it's the right thing to do. Can somebody say amen? amen? And he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never even knew you. What's that? No relationship. That's why I'll tell you what. I just thoroughly enjoyed the worship service today. I just got to tell you why. You know why I enjoyed it so much? I felt like the, like the spirit of the Lord moved on us 
to just love Jesus and put everything aside for a while. Just, let's just love Jesus for a little while. Forget all that other stuff and just bask and not be in a rush and know that God is with us. God wants us to have a relationship with him. That's what really, really matters. So there's got to be some notches on your key. Jesus said, except you believe I am he, you'll die in your sins. Sounds to me like that notch has got to be on the key. He said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Is repentance notched on the key? Except a man is born of the water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. The new birth has got to be notched on that key. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Holiness, inwardly and outwardly, needs to be notched on the key. They're requirements. I'm not making this up. This is what the book said. This is what the door said. The door said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways. I'm one of the truths. He said, I am the door, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Let me tell you why he put truth in the middle of life and way. Because you can't be saved without the truth. And the truth is what sets you free. That's why he put it smack in the middle. Lord, I'm confused. I don't know what way to go. Well, I'm the way. Well, what's next? Truth. Because I want eternal life. It's a, it's a progression. It's an order. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying today? These are keys, folks. And finally, let me share this with you. Would you like to know the keys to God's heart? Would you like to know what opens him up to you? Here's what I think they are. I think they are, they are five things that open God's heart, the keys to God's heart. Number one, love. God wants to be loved. That's relationship. Take a look at the commandments. They all begin with loving God and, and having no other gods before him. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Love is the first key. Second key is obedience. Jesus Christ is the author of eternal salvation to them that obey him. Don't call me Lord, Lord. Don't call me master. Don't flatter me. Don't kiss up to me. Just do what I tell you to do. Just be obedient to what I ask of you. He loves that. He loves obedience. He loves humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He loves humility. He loves people that the fourth thing is that trust him. Trust him. When we worry and wring our hands and complain about our situation, I think that's disturbing to God. 
I think he would rather say, you know what, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here, but I trust you've got it all under control. He is not the co-pilot. He is the pilot. He is the captain of our salvation. He's not second in command. We're not steering this. And the fifth thing I think he really appreciates is thankfulness. You know, when you have a few things going on in your life that are not so good, maybe you should count all the things that are going good. Got to thinking the other day, you know, had some things going on that maybe weren't so pleasant. But I got to thinking, you know what? If Jesus came right now, it really wouldn't matter. I'm gone. Praise God. I got a hope of heaven, got my salvation. I'm trying to do what God wants me to do. I got a wife that loves me. Praise God. Happily married. Got kids and grandkids. Got a great church family. God's blessed me with some things. Got a Bible study. Got a purpose. Got a reason for living. What was my problem again? What was it that I was so disturbed with and, and had trouble falling asleep last night? What was that again? That's the way you need to think. You need to be more thankful. When you're worried and you can't sleep, count your blessings instead of sheep. And you'll go to sleep counting your blessings. Be thankful. Be thankful. Revelations chapter 3. Let's stand together. See, now that man, young child, knows when to quit. (laughs) Say bye-bye. All right, I'm about to say (laughs) bye-bye. Here's my bye-bye. Revelations 3.20. Behold, watch this now. We've talked about Jesus being the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, sup with him, and he with me. I saw a picture, you may have seen it too. It's supposed to be a picture of Jesus standing at a door and knocking on a door. And if you look at the picture carefully, there is no doorknob on the outside of the door because the only doorknob is on the inside of the door. That's why he has to knock because he can't get in unless you open the door. I need to open the door of my heart to Jesus Christ. I need to. I have a home, and in that home there are many, many rooms. Is there any room in your house that Jesus has to knock at, or are the doors already open? Can Jesus come to your house today, knock, and you will open the door and he can go anywhere he wants in your house. Pretty quiet. 
Or are there some things that shouldn't be there that need, we need to rid ourselves of? Whose house is it? Yours or his? We have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in our body and our spirit, which are? Jesus, I pray today. I know you're knocking on our door. Help us to use the keys and help us to use the key of faith to unlock the door. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.